Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, and it is officially Julie's birthday. Yes, indeed. So I'm going to sing "Happy Birthday." You are in front of you, All in right. front of you, and in front of the probably eighteen thousand people that are going to listen to this. One, two, three. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I'm like, that's why I didn't say anything. I'm not going to torture everyone. That'd be but, awful. Well, uh, Zoe's taking care of that for you because <laughs> I don't know if you saw she picked that out. Mike, Mike. She picked out the. Um, the video to post on our little Facebook page, and uh, it's her her all time favorite, the Swedish chef, the Swedish chef from the Muppets. She thinks that that is the funniest thing she's ever seen in her life. Well, she's seven years, three months. Don't make old, me play it for you. I and that very well could be the funniest thing she's ever seen in her life. <laughs> it is. It is pretty funny. So, well. but thank you for all the birthday wishes, and thank you for all of our listeners, our coaching members, and. Friends and family and everybody for sending me nice happy birthday wishes. Yeah, and uh, I put a little celebratory um, a video up on our Instagram. If you I guys haven't even to... seen that yet because I don't. No, it's there. just you working out. <laughs> no. But I just you know it's Julie working out, and it's nice to uh, I think let all of you guys know that you know Julie was doing what she didn't want to do, and she didn't <laughs> want to do it yes. at the highest level, even on her birthday. So there you go. But again, this mm-hmm. was our birthday week, and Julie and I have received, I don't even know, probably over a 1,000 birthday wishes from all of you guys. Mm-hmm. So thank you sincerely. Thank you. We really do appreciate it. And please don't take it personally if for some reason we didn't thank you personally, um, and uh, we're thanking you uh, collectively. So there you Indeed. go. So we had an interesting clubhouse today, and the topic was... The biggest, you know, it was so funny. I was struggling with this the whole time I was reading my question. I wrote down, what was the biggest um, mistake you made in your real estate business? Now, you would think I would have replaced the word regret with mistake. And the reason I didn't use the word regret is because everyone is so conditioned to not believe that there is anything such as a regret because you learn from regrets. But, I mean, I guess that's more of a mindset uh, deviation on what the question was. So, like, for example, when I did make the mistake of saying, what's your biggest, you know, I was asking our different panelists. I think we had, like, 20 different people up on our stage, and I was asking them, asking them you know, what's their biggest regret? And the second I said regret, I mm-hmm. immediately regretted it because <laughs> then they went off in some mindset diatribe. But in the interim, the question was, really, what were the two or three biggest uh, mistakes that you made in your real estate business? I, I left it sort of open-ended. And, um, you know, what's really fascinating, too, is um, as we started getting the questions answered from the panelists, there were between 100 and 200 people in the audience. I didn't even look. And uh, more and more people wanted to get up, get up on stage and just pile on the uh, – the, I almost said again, the yeah, regrets yeah. – wanted to pile on the mistakes that they made. And then when I started doing – and Julie was doing this as well – and I have the list right here. As we started writing down all the individual things that they said, and I started hashtagging when I heard repeats. So like we heard a lot of people saying they wish they would have done this or wish they wouldn't have done that. Well, as soon as I heard that, you know, once I wrote it down and then I started putting little, you know, hashtags every time I heard it multiple times. And what we're about to share with you are the 10 biggest uh, mistakes Every agent must avoid, but these are the 10 that we heard multiple times. And uh, these are just, if you're... Um, 
uh, the notes for this are on our main website, timandjulieharris.com, and they're also going to be on iTunes and syndicated on Spotify and a million different other places too. Audible um, is also featuring our podcast. But if you want to look at the long tail, uh, the more detailed notes, just go to timandjulieharris.com and click on podcasts. So these are the 10 biggest mistakes every agent must avoid, according to our expert and all-star panel from our Clubhouse event this morning. If you want to start attending our Clubhouse events, and again, I know that not all of you are on Clubhouse yet because you can't get on Clubhouse because the app is by invitation only. Well, they're going to change that soon enough. But in the interim, what you must do is go and grab your name for Clubhouse. We've been telling you this every day for like the past two weeks because it's really important. Julie and I think Clubhouse is going to be something that's going to be really um you know, not revolutionary really in the social networking realms. So definitely go there, go to iTunes or go to um, download the uh, app. And from the app store, it's only available for iPhone so far. It will be available on Android any day now. And then definitely reserve your name. That's really critical because once, like if your name's Bob Smith, if Bob Smith is already gone, then you're not going to be able to get it. Then you're going to be Bob Smith, you know, you know, one, two, three or whatever. So go reserve your name ASAP. And we are Tim and Julie Harris. Big surprise, right? So go there and reserve your name. Do that ASAP and they will eventually let you in the app. The app, like I said, should be going public. And when it does and when it's open for the masses, you're going to see everyone and their mother <laughs> running to Clubhouse because it really is a, a really great app. And so, but this is the um, this is the list, the top ten things, and we're doing this in the reverse order, David Letterman style, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reason I did it that way. Yeah. So we're going to do the top ten things, and these are from the least uh, mentioned. Like if someone only, if I only heard from our panelists, uh, like number t- uh, number ten, which I'm re- we're going to say first, maybe only two or three people mentioned this one to the most. Uh, the largest regret, which is number one. So hopefully it all makes sense. Yes, Does that make but sense? I, I think all 10 are pretty valid. And I think this should work two ways. One is for the more experienced agents, this is going to resonate with some of you guys. And the thought would be, okay, if that's what's going on with you still, maybe you want to make some changes. And on the other end of the spectrum for our new or newer agents, don't live through somebody else's mistakes. It's part of why we do what we do is we're trying to save you time, money, hassle, effort, so that you don't have to have such a severe learning curve. So pay attention, make some changes as necessary. And before we get to point number 10, remember we're doing these in reverse order, a real quick reminder for all of you who want to have a free coaching call and receive our uh, books, a few of our books called Real Estate Treasure Map, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, 12 Monthly Generation Guide. We give all these to you for free as our way of saying thanks for being a podcast listener. Um, All you have to do is text 2021 just right now while you're listening to us because like 98% of you are listening to us on iTunes, text 2021 the number 2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021-855-685-1045. Go ahead and do that now. That's all you have to do. And as soon as you do that, we'll text you back a link. And then with that link, you can download those books. And you'll also be entitled to a free coaching call. So text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Okay, Julie Harris, who's turning 35 for the 15th mm, yes, time. Yes, indeed. I slept again. Okay. <laughs> oh, I know I did. Point number 10. Okay. Number 10, Not get, remember, these are mistakes. Not getting into real estate sooner, meaning sooner in your life and or not taking the business seriously quick enough. There were several iterations of that from people that were working in real estate while they had their normal person job, <laughs> however you want to put that, who said, you know, I, sh- I should have made the switch faster. Uh, there were other people who didn't have a job, ha- you know, were fully engaged in real estate, presumably, 
But it took them a while to really take it seriously. I call those kind of like a failure to launch type of thing. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, we, and yeah. the failure to launch types are people that are in real estate, quote unquote, but actually not really doing anything in real estate. Yeah. And a lot of them are, you know, this is the time of year where a lot of them re-engage in real estate. I can see our podcast yep. listens go through the roof this time of year. Um, sometimes, I bet you by May, our podcast will be twenty-five to maybe 35000 a day. And the reason that happens is because a lot of people come back into real estate. But the other thing that's happening right now is there is undoubtedly going to be the biggest surge of new licensees in probably the history of real estate. For sure. Uh, because of all the people who are getting their pre-licensing done during COVID and all the people now that want to have multiple streams of income from different, you know, from getting real estate licenses, all these, like I heard a statistic yesterday, Julie, this isn't directly related, but still kind of interesting. There's um, the highest savings rate for Americans on an individual basis is right now. There's more money that people hmm. have personally saved. That's and now, And then the economists, uh, the Keynesian uh, economists are saying, mm-hmm. it's just because everything's closed and people don't have a place to spend the money, right? But I don't think that's the truth. Yeah, I think we've had Amazon. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know. And I think the real reason is, is because uh, people are trying to, they're not, they were caught by surprise when COVID hit in March and the average American only had four or 500 bucks mm-hmm. saved. And I think people are now starting to, uh, it's starting to trigger the, the sort of, you know, uh, fearful tendencies, the same types of tendencies that people after World War II, I'm sorry, after the depression lived with where they started becoming hoarders of everything. And so people are now naturally saying, well, if this comes, happens again, I definitely don't want to be in a financial position where I can't support my family. So they're saving money. Makes well, sense. yeah. I mean, so I think a lot of people are also for the same reason they're trying to figure out plan B is for their employment. And in case, you know, I get mm-hmm. fired again or I get sure. laid off or furloughed or, you know, quarantined, well, I, I think that's going I better on. have a real estate license. You know, it's interesting is I also, I bet there'll be a reporting on the onset of what people call the side hustle, you know, oh, totally. it's like, there's so many more of that, uh, a lot of entrepreneurs entrepreneurialship. And I think, you know, for some people just, you know, I might as well get my real estate license, you know, as a, as a backup. Maybe this I is, take it seriously. Maybe I don't. This is part of the renaissance that Julie and I are predicting, a literal renaissance. Uh, and pretty much all aspects of humanity is going to come post-COVID. Yes. But that is not the topic of today's podcast. That's right. So, okay. so point, point number nine. Point number nine. Uh, too much, I love this. This is going to be a quote. This. this is from Todd. Uh, too much time behind screens and not enough time in front of people. I think that's a great thought. Yep. I think it speaks for itself. But he said, essentially, um, you know, and this happens to all of us, right? You're spending too much time in front of a computer, too much time doing branding, social networking, making videos, watching YouTube, on Facebook groups, too much time doing stuff that does not lead directly to a paycheck. And to his point was, you know, he's a very successful agent in Washington State, Todd Watkins. And his answer was, you know what? I love open houses. Why? Because it puts me in front of people. And there was a gal that came on a little bit later and she said she's feeling overwhelmed, a little bit depressed and all the rest of it. And she asked for help. And the, you know, the advice I gave her was get off your duff, go outside and start getting in front of as many people as you can and reconnect with why you got into real estate, which was to be of service to other people. Get out from behind the screens. Behind the screens is where you're hiding. A screen is in this example, like a computer screen or a phone screen, but it's also a screen, something you put up to hide you, uh, where you're hiding yourself from doing the real work of real estate. So I think that it kind of is self-explanatory. Point number eight, Julie. Point number eight, and I was kind of surprised to how frequently we heard this, and that's bad partnerships. This uh, had a several different flavors, and I think it's related. I'll tie number seven into that too, just for efficiency, no, building a don't, team. don't, don't, don't. You bad, mean partnerships like... No, this was... So yeah. let me, let me yeah, finish. Okay, so bad, bad partnerships. I heard a number of times... It was, uh, and like four or five times, women saying bad partnerships where they mm. partnered with somebody who was also new. 
And their idea was, or they're also inexperienced, or they stay, had the same uh, same strengths and the same weaknesses. And their idea was that, well, I want a partner so that I can take some time off and someone else can do this and someone else can do that. Mm-hmm. But what always happens in those partnerships is that there's never an equal amount of effort that's going to put forth. And the example this gal, one of the gals in particular had, was that we were pulling, pooling our commissions. And if I sold a house, the commissions would go to the bucket. She sold a house, the commissions would go to the bucket. But I was out selling her on a consistent basis, and yet I was sharing 50 – we were splitting at 50-50. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know – Well, it, an unfair partnership, essentially. Was, essentially. And, and I think she said that, like, she had a more robust center of influence, for example, and maybe some past clients, and her, quote, partner didn't have any of that. Exactly. So she felt like she was doing all the heavy lifting. Right. So partnerships in general are not needed. That was the conclusion from all these uh, folks that were sharing that they'd really re- regretted having, quote, quote, unquote, bad partnerships. You don't need to be a partnership. And what Julie was about to do, combining uh, biggest regret or biggest uh, thing, what was it? What am I calling it? Biggest mistake number seven was building a team. Now, obviously, partnerships and teams are similar, but the building a team thing was something that we heard probably, I don't know, 10 times. A ton, yeah. Yeah. People said they felt pressure to form a team, build a team, 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 team. And if they didn't have a team, somehow they were less than and yeah. they were somehow supposed to, that was supposed to be the natural it, like progression. Like it was a rite of passage to build a team in a way. Exactly. And and it was like some sort of social expectation that, you know, you go from elementary school to middle school to high school to college. <laughs> it's almost like, well, you've been in real estate for a certain amount of time. Now you have to build a team. And we've talked about this endlessly on this podcast. We talk about this in our best-selling book, Harris Rules. Uh, but the bottom line was, is one of the biggest regrets. Regret number seven was building a team. It ends up that basically what you'll soon discover is if you really want to make profit in real estate by helping people sell houses, it's much simpler than you think and you do not have to build a team. Building a team oftentimes leaves you basically running an adult daycare with a bunch of pissed off, you know, angry birds that are doing nothing other than sucking your time and your money and all these other uh, inefficiencies that come out of the uh, modern team model. So uh, just a cautionary tale for for all of you ambitious sorts. If your real goal ultimately, and it's on our list that we're coming up on, well, actually it isn't, but I'm going to add it. If your real goal ultimately is to become wealthy, become rich, where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money, that means you need to have profit as your number one motivator. And if it's not, that means that you're going to basically not have any profit. It does Profit does is not the natural byproduct of running a business. Okay, running a business efficient, you know, seeking profit, um, that is essentially has to come first. It never is an output. Profit, when you think about it, is the bottom line, but you should put profit in your mind and your actions as the top line and build your business around that. And one of the things we suggest all of you guys do is you keep a small, tight, uh, you know, real estate practice focused on listings. You refer out any buyers you have coming in. Again, we talk about this a lot in our book. I don't want to talk about it a lot today. But the bottom line is building a team was regret number seven. Regret number six, learning the hard way how important furiously fast lead follow-up actually is. Lots of discussion about sitting on leads, about not taking leads seriously, um, about having to clear your leads out. I think, you know, I've always said that it shouldn't even be called lead follow-up. It really should be called appointment setting to make it really clear what the point of it is. Okay, so not taking that seriously fast enough. And I have had, and I think you have also, Tim, we've had many coaching clients over the years who have said, once I got that through my head, I I would put that a combination of things, furiously fast lead follow-up and just pick the phone up when it rings, that that has changed their life. I mean, quite literally. I've, I've had 
many coaching clients say that 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 particular thing alone has increased their business up to 30% year over year. Simply answering the phone and practicing furiously fast lead follow-up. I'll read point number five and you can... uh, Sure. Okay. Point number five, not understanding the importance of being a proactive lead generator versus a passive lead generator, or another way of framing this, not building a real estate practice that's proactive lead generation based and marketing enhanced. What many of you do, all of you do uh, nowadays, because I, you know, for all the reasons that we rally against, you're being sold into believing that you're supposed to market and passively lead generate. Marketing and passive lead generation is one of the biggest killers of potential in this industry. It's probably the number one reason agents fail is because they never know that they're supposed to learn how to proactively lead generate first and And if they choose to, then they can enhance that with marketing. Yes. And I think that this is the part of the clubhouse session that turned into a bit of a confessional where (laughs) people were talking about, yeah, because you asked for examples and they said, well, for several years, I would just open my wallet and give the money away. Right. And it was examples like people that would optimize your YouTube or there were a lot of examples of different sorts of direct mail. But yeah, it was basically anything that that landed in your email that sounded interesting, you'd try it out. Yeah, and they all they and, yeah. and that's the reason that all these companies exist because they know you guys are not very good at filtering, you know, good ideas from bad ideas. And Julie, when we get to point number uh, one, I actually wrote down these points right here, so don't okay. let me forget. Cool. Okay. Point number four. Remember, we're working up to our number one biggest regret that agents from our clubhouse meeting had this morning. Point number four, Julie. Many wish they had taken better care of their center of influence um, and past client list. Yes. And we've talked about that quite a bit on individual podcasts dedicated just to that. And we always use the example, you guys can interview your own top producers and you'll get the same exact answer. What's the number one mistake that you would identify looking back? And so many experienced agents will say the same thing. I should have taken better care of my past clients and centers of influence. I thought there's an interesting spin on that. That's kind of the normal answer that we're used to hearing as coaches. But uh, somebody that had done a lot of business with REOs also had a little confessional. I thought that was very interesting because, you know, remember when when the world was full of uh, short sales and REOs? I mean, at a certain point, some of those REO agents didn't even put a sign in the yard, didn't do much transaction coordination, and certainly didn't... uh, nurture the person who actually bought that REO listing. His regret though, I thought that's, I thought maybe he was regretting not having better, taken better care of the people that were, you know, on their way out the door from losing the house. But that wasn't what it was. I think it was the buyers on the way in. It was the buyers on the way in. Yeah. Because what a vast, uh, you know, database of people who probably got pretty decent deals, especially compared to today's market. You know, had you been talking to them for the past 8, 10, 12 years, you could have some pretty good nurturing relationships, repeat, referral, et cetera. If they bought in probably 2009, 2010, 2011, when we were buying a ton, by the way, mm-hmm. you probably are looking at somebody who has a four, maybe five X equity versus what they paid. So yeah. yes, if you had, if you were in the market then and you were selling, Paul May actually said mm-hmm. that in, in Vegas, and if you were selling uh, properties to investors and buyers and whatnot, they are probably sitting on more equity than they possibly have any idea. And a lot of them were smart to buy at the right time. And they might even be, you know, if you remind them that, you know, it's not necessarily guaranteed that the equity is going to continue at the rate that it is, that they might want to sell at the right time too. They were opportunistic before, they might want to be opportunistic again. So pick up the phone and make the call. But there, that was an interesting regret too. too. But the main thing being is that um, they wish they would have taken better care of their centers of influence and past clients seriously. And I was actually kind of surprised that that wasn't number one. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because that's... I mean, the, it's still big, but yes, there yeah, were other was, things yeah. too. 
And by the way, taking care of your centers of influence and past clients and everything, by the way, we're ever going to ask you to do, it's always going to lead back to having real conversations, picking up the phone, talking with people directly, not hiding behind screens. Point number three, Julie. Now, this one surprised me, honestly. Point number three, wasting money and time on branding and other what we call shining objects. But they were specific. And a lot of these people were not um, like they're new to us, right? Mm -hmm. Not all of them had read our book. Not all of them were podcast listeners. No, no, that's true. Right. They, so these people that were, were just getting to know and getting to know us, mm-hmm. they didn't know that you and I kind of, you no, know. No, they weren't preaching to the choir in reverse. Right. Exactly. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't know that Julie and I are often pointing out branding as one of the biggest, you know, mm-hmm. money wasting hoax that real estate agents get paid into or sucked into. Uh, they had experienced it and we're talking about it from their own sure. perspective, which mm-hmm. made it a thousand times more powerful Definitely. than just listening to you and I preach. I know. Well, yeah. social proof, right? But that is the big thing. They really, a lot of them, we heard it over and over again, wasting money and time on branding. And the reason it's such a big waste, guys, is because you don't need to do it in the first place. Your success that you have from sold houses, we'll do all the branding for you that you ever possibly might need. You're being sold to believe that your branding is somehow going to overcome your um, lack of a reputation for being successful. You think, and the way it's sold to you, is that your brand becomes the most important thing and somehow your brand is the reason people are going to do business with you. And they're convincing you you need to become a lifestyle brand and how you need to be doing all these videos and all the rest of it. All you really need to do if you want to make real money in real estate, guys, is go to the people who have their hands in the air right now saying, yes, I want to sell my home. Why? If your goal is to make money helping people and then build a reputation, which is often conflated with the word brand, why don't you just learn how to go directly after the people who have their hands in their air right now and say, yes, I want to sell my house, right? Why would you waste your time with all this other stuff? It doesn't make sense, does it? Come up with a logical argument against what Julie and I say every single day. You can't because what we're telling you to do makes sense. Now, if you're trying to sell some product, if you decided to come out with like your own line of women's athletic wear, let's say, you're going to have to spend money on marketing and advertising unless you have a huge audience of women who would love to buy your athletic apparel already. Then you're going to have to make a brand. You're going to have to make your product seem like something someone would want to buy. You maybe want to create a lifestyle brand where you become the mm-hmm. like where Julie and I live in Dorado, Puerto Rico. There's a lot of gals that are these influencer types on Instagram, and they have indeed their own line of workout clothes. And they sell it and they have to create a brand of them working out at the gym. We see them working out at the gym, videotaping themselves and this whole thing. They're creating a brand around selling a product. You guys don't have to do that because your product is the result you get from having sold somebody's house. But most importantly, there are people in your marketplace right now who have their hands in their air saying, yes, come sell my house. You don't have to look for them by running ads that are some that basically are you know your brand. You don't have to do stuff like that. You can just go, you know the house you drove past? that had that sign in the yard this morning on your way to Starbucks that said, help wanted, AKA for sale by owner. And, and it, there's there's a secret place to find their phone numbers. Oh, 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 oh what? Hold on. Uh, yeah, oh, that's right. They, it's on the sign. <laughs> it's on the sign. The phone number, usually their cell phone number is on the sign. So why wouldn't you call that person? Why wouldn't you call the old expired? Why wouldn't you call the notice default? Why wouldn't you call the... Liz Pens, why wouldn't you call all these other sources that we teach you to call in our, our coaching company, opposed to going out and doing all this other Mickey Mouse stuff? Listen to the agents who are in our clubhouse this morning. Biggest regret number three is wasting money on time, uh, wasting time and money, money and time on branding other shiny objects. I could literally talk forever about it. <laughs> I know. It's you okay. know, I feel, self, I feel a little bit, um, 
I feel a little bit like a bully when I'm talking about that topic. Honestly. I know. And, I, and, the reason I, and the reason I feel that way, but I feel vindicated in doing it because we're telling the truth. The reason I feel that way is because I know the people selling it hate hearing us say it because they know what we're saying is true. Yeah. You know, I know. But we have to be tr- right. truthful. Right. And all the people that are preaching to you guys to buy branding, marketing, and all their other stuff, they're not real estate professionals. They're people who are trying to sell you real est- or branding, marketing, and stuff. In other words, they're in the business of having you believe what they're trying to sell, right? So they're doing a good job of selling, of, of essentially you know, branding themselves so that you want to believe that their product is actually going to solve a problem for you, but not according to the agents and the top producing agents and the coaches that were on our clubhouse this morning. That was point number three. Point number uh, two, Julie. Point number two, and keep in mind, absolutely none of this was coached by us. This was very organic. You just asked the question and wrote it down as it came. So point number two on our mistake list, not choosing the right broker and or not choosing a brokerage environment that actually supports your ambitions. That's pretty big. That came out like pretty much everybody said that. Yes. They wish they would have, uh, wish they would have, wish they would have, wish they would have. Yeah. And, and they find themselves in these environments with these brokerages that are trying to stamp down on their ambitions. And we see this from coaching clients all the time. Absolutely. They'll, they'll say, Julie, Tim, I want to do, you know, I want to do what you guys are saying. My, but my, you know, my broker said I can't do this or I can't do that. I'm not allowed to do BPOs. That's, right. You know, well, that so was dark. back in the day. But nowadays it might be like, I'm not allowed to talk about iBuyer or I'm not allowed to do that. What? And they ask us, what should we do? <laughs> yeah. And can you talk to my broker about it? You know what we say? Leave your broker, go to another broker because your broker is just going to make you broker on the way to making themselves broke. Yeah. And I, I hear a lot that I kept asking my broker for help. They said, you know, the market's just tough. You're going to have to figure it out. Like non-answer answers. And they all say, work buyers if you're new in the agent. Start you know, new in the industry. Yeah. Start working buyers. Pick up buyers. Work buyers. Oh, you don't have any buyer leads? Go to Zillow and buy buyer leads. It's the worst advice ever to give a new agent. Oh, and the other one, going back mm-hmm. to our previous points, you're, when you're a new agent, you're supposed to build a team. Do not build a team. You're supposed to join a team. Do not join a team. No. You're supposed to partner with another agent. Do not partner with another agent. These are the biggest uh, regrets that these agents on our clubhouse this morning had. They wish they wouldn't have done those things. They wish they wouldn't have followed that dingbat advice. And it would have, you know, basically who knows what they lost as a result of it. Learn from other people people's mistakes. Yeah. Don't ha- force yourself to have to make your own. Now, this last point, every single person said it. Yes. Okay, point number one. And remember, we rated this in, in common answer uh, order. And we have a, and we have a bonus point, I too. Okay, so number one, not hiring a real coach. Interesting. Many commented that they had hired coaches only to learn later that these, quote, coaches weren't actually qualified to call themselves real estate coaches. And in many cases, the coaches told them to do unproductive money and time-wasting activities. So many. I, I was really surprised that that was the number one comment, actually. I'm not because one of our biggest competitors was basically telling agents to waste money on social networking and he doesn't tell them to do anything that even remotely resembles proactively generation. So I'm not surprised. And, and, well, here's, so I wrote down these four points and this is what we shared with you guys on on our clubhouse this morning. A lot of you are, we're starting to cross pollinate, right? There's two platforms, our podcast and clubhouse. But if you're looking to hire anybody to help you with anything, 
You need, and I'm talking about, look, it, real estate coach, but for the sake of conversation, let's just say real estate coach. You decided that you want to basically have the shortest trip up the mountain and trip on the fewest rocks, and you want to absolutely get to the you know top of Mount Everest, right? So you're going to have to hire somebody that's actually been up there, not just once, but been up there a number of times. And so I want you to think about when you're looking to hire a coach, a professional, your future is going to be dependent on what this person tells you. Bad advice can last a lifetime, guys. That's the unfortunate truth. So I want you to write down these four filters that you need to start having in place before you decide to do business with anybody. Use them for us, guys. Use them for everyone. Before you decide to buy anything that's supposed to be the betterment of your real estate business. Point number one, the person trying to sell it to you, this coach, this guru, this marketing expert, this whatever, have they sold real estate? And I'll suggest to you, in the strongest of words, if they have not sold real estate, Say just no. Not just no, say hell no. And Real- that will be the only question that you need to have answered. Right. Now, there's four filters. F- filter one is have they sold real estate? So Mr. Real Estate Guru, Coach, whatnot, who's going to want to you know, separate me from my money and then give me these uh, ideas on how to do all this other stuff. Let me ask you this first simple question. Have you sold real estate? And if the answer is no, then that is it should be an immediate red flag for you not to do business with them. Point number two, if they've sold real estate, now, the next question is, is had, did they really sell, were they successful at it? Because doesn't it make sense that if someone's saying, I'm going to help you in your real estate business, and yes, I had a real estate license, well, that's a, you know, it's a simple first filter. But the second filter is, is did they sell at least 100 houses per year for a year? Did they sell at least 100 houses for a year? Did that happen? Yes or yes or no. So if you're, you know, interviewing a potential coach, let's say, and they yes had a license and yes sold 100 houses in a year, you're on your way. That person right there is probably on the top, you know, three percent of all people calling themselves real estate coaches. But listen for the next two questions. And remember, your goal should be only to hire the best proven professional that you can. That way, you can be assured that you're going to get to the top of that mountain. A filter number three. Did they sell at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? And the reason I added point number three, filter number three, was because guess what? They could have cheated on point number two, and they could have gotten a subdivision sub uh, listing. They could have listed a new construction condo building. You know, we'll get people say, I sold 300 houses last year, or 300 units last year. Well, tell me about that. It's because I listed all the units in a condo building in Miami. Okay, well, not, not saying that's not a lot of work. But not really sure that's really what we're talking about here. It's definitely a lot of units. It's definitely a lot of work. But I think if I were an agent looking for a coach, I would look for somebody that did at least 100 units, the you know residential units, individual homes, individual buyers, individual yeah. sellers. I, I also I mean, I also think that it's important to have in different types of markets and not just when things are easy. So did they sell at least 100 homes per year for at least five years in a row? And if the answer is no, then you should boot them because you can do better. You deserve better. Why five years in a row? For the reason I stated, they could have just had one really good year. So you want to basically make it for someone that's proven their ability to sell a large number of homes consistently for at least five years in a row. Point number four. And by the way, Julie and I did it for almost 10 years between 100 and 200 homes per year. Point number four in this last one is going to take all of them out. There are probably in the industry, there might be maybe only two people uh, that will have this level of ex- experience. So point number one, they s- have sold real estate. They had a license. Point number two, they sell at least 100 plus homes per year. Point number three, they sell, uh, they've sold 100 plus homes per year for at least five years. And filter, I should have said filter versus point. They have had at least 10,000 hours of real honest to God one-on-one coaching. Not 
just speaking in front of an audience, not speaking in front of a camera, not training, real, honest-to-God, one-on-one coaching. Have they, did, have they done it for at least 10,000 hours? Malcolm Gladwell says at that point you can call yourself an expert, but look at all these people that call themselves coaches even though they've never coached and call themselves an expert even though they even come close to 10,000 hours and you guys are not asking the right questions. And that's the reason that point number one, the biggest regret that all of these people, uncoached from us, by the way, unprompted from us, by the way, mm-hmm. Um, said not hiring a coach was their biggest single regret. Many commented that they had hired coaches only to later learn that those coaches weren't qualified to call themselves coaches. And in many cases, these coaches told them to do unproductive, money-wasting, time-wasting activities. So run those four filters, guys. Did they sell real estate? Yes or no? If yes, proceed. Did they sell at least 100 homes per year? Yes or no? If yes, proceed. Did they sell 100 homes per year? For at least five years in a row, if yes, proceed. And the last one is, so thus far they've proven themselves to be a successful realtor, but did they actually, have they earned the right to call themselves a successful coach? Last question, last filter. Have they have have they done at least 10,000 hours of uh, actual one-on-one coaching? If yes, you've got somebody worth considering. And that's, I think that is... That is the standard that all of you guys have because your future and your family's future depends on it. Doesn't this just make sense? It totally makes sense. I think part of the issue is that it takes a while to realize that in real estate, right? You could be trucking along for 90 days thinking, well, maybe it's me. You know, maybe I, I'm not, I trusted this coach. I thought, you know, I believe in them. And then six months later, like stuff's not happening for me yet. It can take, I mean, some people get stuck for a couple of years before they have that light bulb go off. I know people who are coaches who have done more than 10,000 hours of one-on-one coaching coaching calls, have real estate license, but they never were very successful at See, that's the difference. You, you can work your filters backwards and forwards, right? right? Like just, but be, don't just sk- because you call yourself a coach doesn't mean you have the experience to back that up. But don't skip a step because yeah. there is something that comes from actually being forward deployed a, with the bullets flying around your head. Yeah. If you, you can instantly tell when someone's actually been there, done that versus just read about it in a book. And so you cannot compromise yourself, run those four filters. And the last bonus point is... Last bonus point is, uh, in terms of mistakes, not knowing that their product is actually profit. You know, lots of different filters on that, too. There's lots of people that were cranking, you know, many transactions, and maybe it's because of a team, maybe it's because they're buying leads, but their net was terrible. It's almost like they just did a whole bunch of work and had nothing to show for it. And so that manifested, they were saying things like, I should have hired an accountant, I should have been paying attention to my numbers. Sure. You know, uh, Nora Lynch actually started talking about, you know, all the fallacies of the whole idea that if you sell a bunch of houses, you make a bunch of profit is absolute crap. Because most cases, agents are uh, spending a lot of money uh, overpaying buyers' agents, overpaying for leads, overpaying for Paying branding, for the machine. and yeah. they have right and just to churn out units, just to say I sold a hundred houses or five hundred houses, but they have nothing to show for it. They have no profit. So not knowing what their product is, and your product is profit. It's, you know, it's funny too. Some people are so almost like it's cultural, but it's almost like a religious revulsion. Almost the reaction to the idea that their product is profit. The reason your product is profit is not because we're greedy, you know, sort of Gordon Gecko, blah, 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 no. blah, blah. The reason is, is because the profit only comes from having helped people. If you don't have enough profit, it's because you're not an efficient, you're not running an efficient business, but also because you haven't helped enough people, starting with yourself learning how to run a profitable business. So those were the really the 11 biggest regrets. 
that the agents had um, from our clubhouse this morning. And, and that was after only, I think you went about two and a half hours. That that conversation probably could have gone all day long. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Well, people, it was like a, con- you said it. It was it, a confessional. It was a confessional, right? It's what it felt like. Yeah. It's like, all right, since you guys have already, you know, mentioned these things, I'm going to mention this. And, but after a while, because the conversation went so long, mm-hmm. after a while, then. You started to repeat. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the reason I was able to pull out those it, 10 It became almost points. like a survey with results, you know. Yeah, but isn't that interesting? It is. I was thinking both during that session and now, uh, you know, certain things with in, with regards to choosing a coach. I had this interesting conversation I don't think I told you about with uh, Zoe's gymnastics coach. And she, you know, I'm kind of becoming friends with her. And part of it was because I had told her – I. The first session, we we're just trying it out. Like, maybe she'll like it, maybe she won't. And I noticed just observing, I'm like, something is different about this person. Okay? The coach. Yeah. I'm like, she seems to know what's going on. But that was before I did a whole lot of research because we we're just trying it out for that day. Okay. So then I go home and I look her up. Turns out she's an Olympic athlete. You know, she actually competed when she was in her teens. And I'm like, well, that explains it. Here's somebody teaching gymnastics who, you know, actually is a gymnast but she and isn't competed, just letting him screw com- around. She competed for the United States yeah. in the Olympics. And so, yes, but you could tell. Totally because, tell. Because she was doing probably the little yes. micro steps and micro corrections and all the rest of and it. And she but, wasn't letting him get away with mistakes. Right. She Nothing slipped past her. And I thought, isn't it interesting that maybe I'm a little bit more sensitive to that? Because if you hire the wrong coach in gymnastics, you actually are going to get hurt. Yes. And it's obvious, right? It's like she doesn't let them do any of the moves themselves until they've done it three or four times with, you know, her help. So she's convinced. Well, that's an instant filter. You don't really get that with real estate coaches necessarily until you interview somebody that checks off all those four filters. And then you'll be like, aha. It's very clear. So we're putting all these notes at timandjulieharris.com. So here's your homework. Number one, if you're ready, which you better be, (laughs) to hire a real estate coach, uh, obviously we'd love the honor of being your real estate coach. Check us out at timandjulieharris.com. There's lots of ways to connect and learn more about our coaching programs, timandjulieharris.com. And if you don't want to have regret, number what was it, two, about choosing the wrong brokerage. And brokerage isn't just a physical location. It's also the mindset of the people in the office. But if you're looking for the right brokerage, of course, we would love the opportunity to speak with you about sponsoring you at EXP. And you can be one of, you know, an agent with Julie and I's EXP group. And you can just text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. Julie, I love you. I love you too. Happy birthday. Thank you. And thanks for all the birthday wishes to both Tim and myself. Thanks, guys. Have a fantastic week and we'll talk to you guys on Monday. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.